Of its words and then watched it soar into the sky. If he's mindful of creation, on this I can depend. I am his child. Sunday nights with our prayer requests. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer in just a moment. Let's remember Gina Huggins' uh, healing uh, of severe burns. This is from Michael Dimitri, so let's be praying for this one. Let's remember Brenny, uh, man, Brenda Vaughn and Jenny Chaffant. Uh, Brenda needs surgery uh, on an area again. On the incision is bleeding, so please be praying for her. And then also Jenny is needing throat surgery again, and, and she can't swallow, so be praying for her. This is from Vani. And then let's remember Bertie Fisher, and uh, we, this went out on the prayer chain yesterday, and I've been trying to keep up with Phil uh, and talk to him pretty often, uh, but many of us are aware that she does have a tumor on her brain, uh, and they're going to be going to Penn to see if they can do a biopsy. Uh, and get together a plan for her. So let's please remember Bertie Fisher in prayer, lifting her up, and I know she'll appreciate that. Uh, let's remember Helen Moore having some issues, uh, and then she's going to be going to the eye doctor. Pray that they can get those resolved. Let's remember the Scaife family, unspoken, also for Mary Jane Temple, an unspoken. And then let's remember Ken and Wilma Nisley. And uh, this is Ken and Judy Phipps, uh, mom and stepdad. Many physical and emotional challenges. They're 87 and 91, respectively. So let's be praying for them, lifting them up. And I know that so many of you definitely are. We're going to open up in a word of prayer. I'm going to ask Adam if he would just stand right where you are, Adam. Open us up in a word of prayer.
Let's remember you can be seated. Let's remember a couple of these announcements. Don't forget youth group this Tuesday. It's going to be a little different. We're going to be over at the campground, and uh, they'll be we'll be having a scavenger hunt. And Tom and Christy are putting that together. We're excited about that. So just meet us there at the campground, uh, and it'll be 6:30 to 8:30, like normal. So don't forget that. And then. Girls camp is this weekend. Boys camp is the following weekend. Don't forget about those, and uh, we're looking forward to both of those as well. Uh, the Owls outing on Thursday, July 20th. GPA mail out on Friday, July the 21st from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. They want you to help with that, and there'll be coffee and juice uh, and donuts will be there for that, so don't forget that. Young adults, Saturday, July 22nd. Then gospel music night at the Cecil County Fair. We're going to have the Nottingham Four, Down East Boys, the Browders, and Chosen Road. So don't forget about that. Always a great evening over at the Fair of Gospel Music Night. And then Homecoming Sunday. Don't forget that. Sunday, August 6th, there'll be one combined service at 1030. Then uh, no evening service, but we'll have lunch here. And we'll come back over uh, for some singing following lunch. So don't forget about that. Looking forward to Homecoming. And then, right after that, VBS, Keepers of the Kingdom, August 7th through the 11th. Make sure that you let folks know about it uh, and all of that. And then if you're a worker in any of those, mentioned it this morning, but Carrie gave out letters to all of us that work and are a part of that. So easy, right there in the letter is the website. If you go to it, it's just a few questions that you fill out. Make sure that you have a background check uh, so that you can work with the young people. We sure would greatly appreciate that. All right, we'll have our ushers come for our Sunday evening tithes and offerings. Amen. I'm going to ask Billy Brown if he'd ask the blessing. Lord, we just thank you for the day you bless us with. Lord, we just... Thank you for the service this morning, Lord. We just, again, pray for each one that was mentioned on the prayer list, Lord. Just pray for the service this evening, Lord. Just pray that you be with the singing, be with the preaching, Lord. Just pray that you uh, would lift our hearts up, Lord. We just pray if there is one here that's lost, Lord, that uh, tonight would be the night of salvation for them. Now we just ask that you bless this uh, offering, bless the gift and the giver. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. On the last verse. Whoa.
I sit here and think about just what he's done Start counting my blessings one by one I sure don't deserve all that he's done for me But I'll praise him forever through eternity died on the cross just to show me his love he's building me a home in heaven above i am amazed that he take the time to give me such blessings that fill up my life god is so good i cannot express I stumble as I journey this way But His mercies are new every day His grace is sufficient for every mile He amazes me more and more every mile He gave me His word in this precious old book It speaks to my heart every time I look he loves me and he helps me when I'm tempted to sin Through Christ my Lord over Satan I win I am amazed that he'd take the time To give me such blessings that fill up my life God is so good I cannot express
storm is raging high the waters around them they were troubled that night fear filled my heart they felt they would die they failed to remember that their master was not then he spoke the words and the winds all Evening, everybody. Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord on a Sunday night? And what great singing the choir always gives us. We appreciate it so very, very much. We I mentioned camp meeting this morning. Uh, if you uh, if you didn't make it out to camp meeting, you really, really missed a blessing. All of the services were tremendous. It was great to see Brother Kenny Baldwin again. I hadn't seen him in a while, and it was great to see him. Great to hear him preach. And, of course, always great to hear Brother Holcomb uh, sing and preach. And what a blessing he is, he and his wife. Uh, and then how great it is uh, also uh, to have my wonderful friend, Brother Brad Davis and his wife with us. They usually stay at our house. They did again this time. And uh, uh, that way we can kind of catch up. And in the evenings after the service, we sit around and talk a little bit. Uh, I'm not going to say that. You know that we actually use the kitchen that late at night but we do <laughs> but we uh, we, we kind of catch up with friendship and 
uh, some different things. That's always a great blessing. And I'm telling you, uh, Brother Davis has always done a fabulous job every year. He does just a wonderful job. But I tell you, Friday morning, he, <laughs> I'm telling you, he knocked it out of the park. I, we just, we were basking in the glow of God's goodness and grace. And I'm telling you, I thought, uh, I thought old Jason McNeese was going to come unhinged <laughs> there for a little while. It was just a wonderful time. And you know, these camp meetings are so refreshing, and they make such a difference. Sometimes we get to feeling like we're the only one, like Elijah. Lord, I'm the only one left. Nobody else loves you. Nobody else serves you. Nobody else will stand for you. And, uh, and then what? I've got thousands that haven't bowed the knee to Baal, Elijah. You're not the only one. Uh, and uh, same with us. There are brothers and sisters in Christ who are standing with us and encouraging us. And it's great to have that sense. And then the ones that were saved. How marvelous is that? And what a great blessing that is. So we, I know, I know beyond any shadow of a doubt that everybody here, especially the ones who were uh, personally involved in the camp meeting, in one way or another, we mentioned those that did the food this morning. We appreciate that. But then Brother Delmer and so many others working so hard to make sure that camp meeting uh, happens the way it should. And uh, I've been in that place. I know what it's like to come in on a Monday night or a Tuesday night and have so much anticipation for what God's going to do in the meeting. But when you sit down, you're so tired, you don't know if you're going to be able to get through it. Uh, but the Lord always gives us that strength. And, uh, but I know that it's been a long week for most of our folks, and I appreciate that. And you know, preachers, I remember one time uh, Brother Rex McPherson and I were preaching in a meeting together and it just so happened that we preached behind one another several times during the week and um, uh, he had preached first one night and I'd preach next then he'd preach I'd preach first the next night that kind of thing and I remember uh, the I believe uh, I believe I preached first on Monday night so Tuesday night Rex got up to preach first and I'll never forget he said this he said you know what I can be brief I, I'm not always brief. I'm not even often brief. But I can be brief. And I thought, you know, preachers can be brief if they really want to, if they really put their mind to it. Sometimes preachers are brief when they preach. But sometimes they're brief because they recognize the circumstance, the situation, just like Brother Rex realized that he had a long-winded preacher coming behind him, and therefore it might be a good idea for him to, you know, preach quick and get out of the way. Uh, other times preachers... Uh, preach brief because they realize that people are tired like tonight you're worn out you've been busy all week long you've had so much to do uh, and so uh, preachers can preach brief sometimes for that reason then sometimes preachers can pre pe preach brief because they are tired uh, and uh, they've worn themselves out and they don't have much left in the tank to give and so then the, the, they're brief and then sometimes preachers preach can preach brief because they just don't know what to say. <laughs> they, 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 you know, they, they really don't have, they really don't have uh, all their studies finished and they really don't have all their thoughts together. Uh, and uh, so they get up and they make a good start and they didn't intend to preach short. Uh, but then after about five minutes, they preached everything they knew about that topic. And so they had to just, you know, land that thing. They just didn't have any choice. Tonight, uh, for two of those reasons, I'll let you guess which two, uh, I'm going to be brief tonight uh, of, the, of the various and the sundry reasons I gave you. I would like for you to turn with me to Psalm number 113, Psalm number 113. I will say, uh, Delmer said this not long ago, uh, Michael was preaching one night, and I mean, he was really, he was really preaching. He was doing a grand job, and it was stirring a lot of hearts, and uh I, I thought I saw pages flipping around over there in Delmer's direction. <laughs> you know, uh, you know the, the, uh, it looked like he was using his Bible for a fan, you know. Uh, so I knew what he was up to, and he confessed later that he was working on a sermon of his own while Michael was preaching. And sometimes that happens. 
Thank you. I appreciate that. <clears throat> Much needed. Sometimes, um, sometimes when you're listening to somebody preach, and and they might say something that uh, they make very little of it. I mean, it might just be uh, the just the, sort of the slightest comment. It might even be something that they're just using to transition from one point to a neck to the next. Or it might be a verse that's, that they're not really planning on preaching on, but they read the verse and then they make a brief comment about it. Or it might be just something that they use as an illustration, uh, maybe a biblical reference or a biblical character, and they say something about it just very briefly. But then for the heart of that individual, that Christian, and especially a lot of times preachers, uh, something about that remark or what they said just sparks something in them. And, uh, and they, it just all seems to, you know, uh, just unfold before them. And they're like, wow, this is a lot of great stuff. And the preacher didn't say ten words uh, about that topic uh, or about that passage uh, or even about that illustration. But it was, enough, uh, it was enough to turn something in the hearts and the minds of that preacher. Now, I believe that God does that. I believe, that, I believe God does that. I, I don't think that's... Man-made. I don't think we. Uh, I don't think we just thunk it up in our head. You know. I think we. I think the Lord places those thoughts uh, uh, in our heart, uh, and then we come back to them a little bit later. Well, one. I don't even remember which message it was, but sometime during the week, and I, I can't even remember if it's a morning or an evening message. Uh, we heard lots of wonderful message from from many of God's choice men. Uh, but somewhere along the line, Psalm 113 was mentioned, whether it was just one verse out of, out of the psalm or one, uh, one reference made of it. But Psalm 113 was mentioned uh, during, sometime during the week, and it sparked my thinking about something that, that they didn't even mention about Psalm 113. But having been familiar with it, it sparked my interest to the closing of that psalm and that's kind of what we want to do tonight, so we'll just take a few minutes. We are going to read the whole psalm. It's not very long. So if you found Psalm 113, if you'll stand with us uh, in honor of the reading of the Word of God. Did you notice there were several preachers that did not know that there are no chapters in the book of Psalms? We had two or three. But we had a couple that did know, that, uh, and they did not tell us to turn to Psalms chapter so-and-so. They said turn to Psalm number or turn to Psalm 126 or whatever it was. So some of them have got the message and some of them haven't. Uh, made that my life's goal. I'm going to write a book on why there are no chapters in the book of Psalms. I'm just kidding. Beginning in verse 1. Praise ye the Lord. Praise, O ye servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun unto the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. The Lord is high above all nations and his glory above the heavens. And this was the reference, I believe, that was made during the week uh, from Psalm 113, verse 5. Who is like unto the Lord our God, who dwelleth on high, who humbleth himself to behold the things that are in heaven and in earth? He riseth up the poor out of the dust and lifteth the needy out of the dunghill, that he may set him with princes, even with the princes of his people. He maketh the barren woman to keep house and to be a joyful mother of children. Praise ye the Lord. Dear Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to look into the word of God tonight. And just for a few minutes, we pray you'd help us to draw something that we need that would strengthen and help us and guide us and direct us. The Lord, speak to our hearts, we pray, and we'll be careful to give you the praise and the honor. Lord, I know I have a tired congregation tonight, and uh, Lord, I, I'm not unhappy. I'm thrilled that they worked so hard during the week, that they were willing to give of their energies and their time and their talent, and uh, Lord, that they invested themselves so fully and so completely uh, in the week of meeting. Uh, and uh, Lord, not only were they an encouragement to uh, so many people in our community, but to preachers and missionaries and singers. Lord, they were just a great help and encouragement, and I thank you for that. 
And Lord, tonight, as we just take a few minutes, we pray that we might impart some little something that would encourage their hearts and cause them to walk closer, ever closer to thee. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to start out by just surveying verse number three. Uh, I, I've preached several sermons uh, from Psalm 113 uh, through the years. Uh, and, saw, and verse number three is one of the verses that I usually go to and draw quite a bit from when I preach out of Psalm 113. It says, from the rising of the sun unto the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. Now, now there's a couple of things that we kind of want to keep in mind here. From the rising of the sun unto the going down of the same, the, uh, the Lord is to be praised. Uh, to us, that just, you know, we can just almost immediately say, well, what he's saying here is that you ought to praise God all day long. And, and that's certainly true. That, and that certainly is a proper understanding of what he says in verse number three here. Yeah, all day we ought to be praising the Lord. And, you know, I've thought about that in my own life, uh, e even this past week. There's so many times that, uh, that we get busy with other things and we just are not praising the Lord like we ought. Uh, and I, I think it's imperative that we recognize uh, the necessity of praising the Lord. One of the, well, I mentioned this one time before, uh, it's been a while back now, when we first, uh, I mentioned that when we first learned that song, uh, you know, praise the Lord, he can work through those who praise him, praise the Lord. And I remember when Daryl introduced that song to the choir, and I remember, uh, I believe it was the Downings sang that song back in the 70s. I believe it was the Downings, wasn't it? Praise the Lord, yeah, I think so. Uh, the red-headed girl sang it. And man, that was a great song, but I thought, you know, what a blast from the past to go back to the 70s and pick out this song. You know, it, it, was, it wasn't a hymn. It wasn't, it wasn't well known. It, uh, it, you know, it, it made the rounds a little bit in the 70s, but then it kind of lost its luster after a while. It wasn't one of those that kind of just stuck with us forever and ever. Uh, and, and I thought, wow, why in the world uh, is Daryl picking out this old song like this? And then the choir got about halfway through it, and we were all crying and shouting and carrying on. And then I realized why. God inhabits the praise of his people. You know what that means? That's where God lives. God's not living in your life, if God's not living in your heart, maybe you're not praising the Lord enough. Now, we heard a lot about that during the camp meeting this week, and, and well, we should. Uh, but, you know, we, we need to remember that. There are times that it might do us good to praise the Lord even when we don't feel like it. We ought to be praising the Lord. So, yes, Psalm 3, uh, Psalm 113, verse 3 means, of course, that... All day long, we ought to be praising the Lord. But, but I also think it has something, uh, a little bit deeper meaning. Let's read it again and see if we can draw something from it that's going to help us when we get to the, to the real point of the message. He says in verse 3 again, From the rising of the sun unto the going down of the same. What a thought. Uh, the Lord's name is to be praised. So in the in the in the cycle of the day, in the daily routine. Uh, uh, we've seen a lot of the sun this summer. Uh, for all of you who have prayed for a good, hot summer, you, 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 we're good. Okay, we got it. <laughs> you, you accomplished your task. Uh, yeah, uh, I, my, uh, our garden has to be... I told y'all when I came here some... 29 years ago that I was no, I was no farmer, I couldn't grow anything, but great day, if you can't grow something in Pennsylvania, something's bad wrong with you, because I'm telling you, you put anything in the ground in Pennsylvania and it sprouts up, you know, uh, but uh, our garden's looking great, but it's taking a lot of water uh, out of the well uh, to keep it going, because we, we, we've seen the sun so much. Uh, and I love the sunrises and I love the sunsets uh, and we've had we've had scores of nearly cloudless sunrises and sunsets 
this summer, and, uh, and they're beautiful, they're glorious, but it's part of the routine of life. Uh, it really is, and you know, uh, we, we, um, Helen and I got up uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had to get up really, really early, and we got up, and we were both surprised at how early the sun was up, really. I mean, uh, right, right in June, I mean, you can get up uh, at uh, 5 o'clock in the morning and you didn't beat the sun up. I mean, it's already got sunlight. It's already here. And, uh, and then it stays up late. Uh, but it's part of the routine of life. Uh, and, uh, and so from day to day, from every rising of the sun to every going down of the sun, you ought to be praising the Lord. In the daily routine of life and everything that you do, day after day, week after week, year after year, uh, you ought to be praising the Lord. As long as the sun rises and as long as the sun sets, you ought to be praising the Lord. And by the way, he promised us that we would have that until he comes back for us and until he introduces the eternal state. Uh, and what a glorious thought that is too. But now I want us to look at something, uh, something else and, and keeping that in mind that in all of the daily routines of life, let's praise the Lord. But then I want you to look at the very last verse of, uh, of Psalm 113. Um, uh, he's talked about all of the ways in which we... We ought to be praising the Lord in verse number one. He says, starts out just says, praise ye the Lord. Uh, uh, praise, O ye servants. Blessed be the name of the Lord uh, from this time forth and forevermore. Praising the Lord, lift him up in, in high. Verse four, the Lord is high above all the nations and his glory above the heavens. So for this reason, we are praising the Lord. Who's likened to the Lord uh, our God? Nobody is who dwelleth on high, who humbleth himself to behold the things that are in heaven and in earth. And somebody made mention of the humbling of Christ. I believe it was uh, uh, Mike Holcomb during the week. And uh, man, what a tremendous thought he had there. I really, really was moved by that. And then verse seven, uh, he raiseth up the poor out of the dust and lifteth the needy out of the dunghill. Everything he's talking about, now listen to me carefully because we're, we're just about to get where we're going. So everything he's talking about in Psalm 113, it's all about praising the Lord. Amen? It's all about the Lord. It's all about Him. You ever met somebody that it's all about them? You know? <laughs> uh, and you can tell that person because whenever they get a chance to speak, they always speak about themselves. They speak highly of themselves. You know, always lifting themselves up. And, and like, Well, we don't deserve... We don't deserve that, and we ought not to do that. And we should never make it all about ourselves, although we're all guilty of it at times. Amen. There's nobody in here who doesn't have, you know, he doesn't have a selfish bone in his body. That, that, maybe he don't have any selfish bones, but I guarantee you he's got a selfish heart. Uh, at some point, at some way, uh, uh, some place in their life, they're, because of our sin nature, we're going to exhibit that selfishness. And so in Psalm 113, he's saying, uh, he, the psalmist is encouraging us not to praise ourselves, nor either, e even to praise another Christian, uh, uh, but to praise the Lord and to constantly be praising the Lord. But then when he gets to verse number 9, the last verse of the, uh, of the psalm, he says something that's a little different. It, it almost... If you didn't know better, you'd almost think, well, it doesn't, it doesn't really fit here. But it does. It does. Notice, notice what it says. He maketh the barren woman to keep house and to be a joyful mother of children. Praise ye the Lord. I'm going to read that verse again. He maketh the barren woman to keep house and to be a joyful mother of children. Praise ye the Lord. I want to read it one more time. He maketh the barren woman to keep house and to be a joyful mother of children. Praise ye the Lord. Now let me tell you something. For those who, those couples that have never had a child and they're praying for a child, pray with them. <laughs> pray with them. Lift them up in prayer. 
don't don't just listen don't just think oh well you know it's going to be difficult for them for this reason or that reason or whatever no 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 pray for them because God does the miraculous now as a matter of fact this is some of the most amazing stuff in the Bible our our the father of the faithful who is Abraham now I know a lot of people call him the father of the faith uh, God is the author of faith um, so God is the father of, uh, of the faith that we have but Abraham is the father of the faithful he was the first of the faithful ones to give himself over and to freely and willingly and completely surrender to the Lord. Abraham uh, is that great, great patriarch. And you know what? God promised him a child even in his old age and it got to the place where he thought it was a total impossibility. Remember that? You remember Sarah? God, she's standing in the tent door. She can't be seen by the angel of the Lord, who is the Lord himself. And the angel of the Lord is standing there, and she's behind the tent door and can't be seen. And he said, no, no, Abraham. The Lord said, Abraham, it, Ishmael is not the one. You're, uh, Sarah is going to have a child. And the Bible said she laughed in her heart. And, that, and yet God could hear her. I can hear you when you laugh out loud, but I can't always hear you when you're laughing in your heart, but God can. And she laughed in her heart, and God heard her laughing in her heart. It was funny. She thought, this is, this, this is crazy. I mean, you know, I, this, is, this is strange stuff here. I'm, not, I'm way too old to have a child. But she did. Amen. She had the promised child. And, uh, and Isaac is of great significance and importance to us. Sometimes you look and you think, well, Isaac's life is not as powerful as Joseph's or, or Jacob's life or Abraham's life. But it is because he is the first, he is the first promised child. He is the one that God said, I promise you I'm going to send you a son. And he did. And his name was not Ishmael. His name was Isaac. And so the baron had a child kept house. Then I want you to think about Elizabeth in the New Testament. Very similar situation. She shouldn't have a child either. She's, uh, she's of, uh, of not as old as Sarah, but, but she thinks she's made up her mind, you know, that she's too old to have this child. And yet she does. The baron has a child. And then Mary, who is really too young to be ready to have a child, and yet the Holy Spirit overcomes her, and she bears the Lord Jesus Christ himself. So it's not unusual for God to do this particular and specific impossible work. Amen? God can do this. So there have been a time or two in our life that uh, Helen and I have known someone, uh, a couple, uh, who uh, just, they just, just didn't look like they were ever going to have a child. Never. Like, never going to happen. But prayers went up. On a regular basis, prayers went up. Now, I, I, I do pray. I do. I don't want you to think your pastor's not doesn't pray. I do I pray every day, but I have to admit to you, I don't pray like the pastor's wife prays. She prays all the time. You know, you know the Bible says pray without ceasing. That's her. She's that's her. Her name should be ceasing. She she never stops praying. She's constantly in prayer. And there was actually a couple of couples in recent years <laughs> that uh, are not part of our church, not part of our ministry, but they are, they are part of a ministry, and they just couldn't have a child. And so grandmothers got together and decided they were going to pray 
that daughters would have babies, and they did. They did. And I, I cannot tell you how thrilling it is when someone who wants a child so badly, I mean, it's, it is so deep in their soul. They yearned and longed for it so much. And they looked around, saw this one had a child. This one has two children. This one has four children. This family has six children. This family has nine children. And they all are having these children. And it just doesn't look like they're ever going to. And, and then one day, God just grants that prayer. And the, the, the joy of the Lord is so evident. But I don't think that's exactly what he's talking about. Well, of course it is. Read it again, preacher. I will. He maketh the barren woman to keep house, to be a joyful mother of children. Praise ye the Lord. I believe it certainly can and should be applied that way, personally, individually, to an individual lady or family that's seeking to have a physical child. But I think, I think the greatest and most glorious application is the application to the church. The bride of Christ would bear children. Let me tell you something. We hear people, singers especially, who come to the pulpit here or maybe an evangelist or whatever, but they'll say, I'm in X number of churches every year. Sometimes I think they might exaggerate just a bit. Okay. So like, like the preacher that said he was in 3,016 churches last calendar year. You know, I'm not really sure he was actually in 3,016. Add that up. There's only 365 days. I'm teasing. Some of you were there. Your the math was going. Your wheels were turning in your head. You're trying to figure out what I was talking about. No, but they are in a lot of churches. They're in a lot of churches, and they'll talk about oh, the worst thing in the world is you don't see any teenager. The worst thing in the world when you don't see any convert. When you don't see any new birth. When you don't listen. If, you've got, if you just got a handful of kids in your youth group, if they get saved and follow the Lord, there's hope for that church. Amen. There's hope for tomorrow if they get saved and follow the Lord. No, the great tragedy, it's not just that there's not enough teenagers, not enough young people in the church. No, the real tragedy is when people are not getting saved in the church. Amen. Fell on myself a little bit. The Lord always does things in, in, in the proper fashion, and I know that. And, and I know that in my ministry down through the years, I've had seasons with, uh, here at Nottingham and other places as well where we'll see four, five, six, ten, twelve people get saved in a short period of time, and then we might not see anybody saved for a while, and, uh, and, uh, and, and then we'll have another period where quite a few will get saved at uh, at one time and then it seems like then the Lord gives you a time for them to assimilate in the church and get started and get growing and they should because every new believer needs to be discipled amen our job is not done when the sinner's prayer is finished and they say amen and come up off their knee that the job's not done then go ye into all world go go ye into all the world and teach all nations we're supposed to disciple them as well. But every once in a while, we'll go for a while here at Nottingham. And on Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night, we'll pass. And this Sunday, nobody gets saved. And the next weekend, nobody gets saved. And the next weekend, nobody gets saved. And Helen will all, inevitably, you'll say it before I will. You'll say, we need to start praying. It's time for people to get saved. We haven't seen anybody saved in several weeks. Let's pray that people get saved. Let me tell you something. It, it's a miracle when the barren have children and keep house. Amen? We need to keep the house of God. We need to keep it with newborn babes in Christ. Amen? 
If you've got somebody that you know is lost, you need to be praying for them. If, you, if you've ever experienced what I talked about a little bit earlier, you know what it's like to pray for somebody that wants a baby. You know what that's like. You know how, you know how desperate your prayer can get when you're praying for that baby. How desperate is our prayer when we're praying for the lost? To be born again. To be born from above. To be born anew. To be born afresh of the Holy Spirit of God. We ought to be desperately praying. Just as we would pray for that, uh, for that lady or that, that couple that's, that's waited for a year, two years, five years, and still no babies have come, and we're praying for them. Oh, dear God, send them a child. Getting desperate in prayer, but your neighbor, your, your nephew, your friend, your coworker, you've known that they were lost for 20 years. Never prayed desperately that they'd get saved. Never prayed earnestly. Never shed a tear over their lost condition. Let me tell you something. That's the miracle that the church needs to see. God can take barren churches and cause them to be the mother of children to keep the house of God with the voice and the laughter. The other day we were somewhere and uh, there was a sign. It, was a, it wasn't a church. It was a Christian uh, day school and nursery, I think. But it talked about Hearing the sounds of new life, and it, you know, and it said if you came in their building, you could hear the noises of new life. And I always love to hear the noises of new life. It got pretty loud up here this morning, right after the service. Uh, we had a her- we had a herd come up here with stampede. <laughs> I mean, I, I said, get out of the way, folks. Uh, the first thing I did is ran and grabbed my guitar and headed for the, for the back. Because we had a stampede up here. What a, what a glorious thing. What a fabulous miracle that God has given us. Children born into the family of God. We can hear the noises of life in our church. Dear Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to Take a few minutes and look in the Word of God. Speak to us with its everlasting and unwavering truth. Lord, somebody here tonight may need to come and pray. Maybe they've got a lost loved one. Maybe they've got a friend, a good, a good neighbor that's as good a person as they are. They still don't know the Lord. A friend that they've known for years, maybe even grew up with them, and yet they've never come to the saving knowledge of Christ. Lord, may we call their names in prayer. May we get desperate like a barren woman praying for a child. Lord, may we call out to thee. Plead for the souls of men. Lord, we, are remem- we were reminded this week in a great message, wonderful message about the man of the palsy born of four. And it was mentioned even in that sermon. Never mentions his faith. But it did mention the faith of his friends. Lord, may we be faithful friends to those who are lost and needing a Savior. Lord, may our faith not grow weak. May we not grow weary in well-doing. Lord, may we reach out in our prayer and in our witness and in our testimony so that we might see the barren have a child. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. What shall we say? How deep the Father's love for us, how vast beyond all measure, that He would give His only Son to make a wretch His Behold the 
ashamed I hear my mocking voice call out among the scoffers it was my sin that held him there until it was a His dying breath has brought me life. I know that it is finished. I will not boast in anything. No gifts, no power, no But I will boast in Jesus Christ, His death and resurrection. Why should